We are cracking open the mailbag, answering questions from, hey, what does a bowl game mean to this program long-term to? Well, what kind of cocktails can we brew up for Saturday to help us get through the rest of the season? A lot of football, a lot of basketball questions. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the greatest people I know. Yes, the listeners. Yes, the viewers of Locked On Spartans. Thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and we are diving headfirst into our mailbag today. But before going any further, hey, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, again, hey, thanks a lot for uh, kicking off your day with us here. Uh, we do this five days a week. No matter how miserable this season gets, we are going to be chugging along as we get, hey, closer to another kickoff. We have the Buckeye-Spartan matchup on Saturday. Tomorrow's show, we will be getting into a preview with Jay Stevens of Locked on Buckeyes, so keep it tuned there. And if you are just so nauseated, just so sick of talking about football, well, hey, yesterday's show, uh, we actually got into a sport we really don't talk about a lot, MSU Hockey. We have uh, Jeremy Dewar of Mun Musings. He was there to help us uh, break everything down, so... Go check that show if uh, you want some ice Spartans in your life. All right, let's stop wasting time. Let's get right to the mailbag here. Uh, We're going to start off, you know what, with positivity. Some optimism, if you will, uh, which is not easy to come by in this day and age. But hey, Zach writes in a question, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. If you have any questions ever, hey, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to hit us up. But he writes... Other than the 11-win season last year, Mel Tucker has had some underwhelming seasons as a head coach for Michigan State and Colorado, respectively. However, his team always seems to pull off an upset or beat a team they shouldn't. In 2019, as Colorado head coach, the Buffaloes beat Arizona State, an Arizona State team that, well, Michigan State couldn't beat, uh, Zach also adds. And then in 2020, of course, hey, the the number 10 Northwestern upset, uh, that Michigan game was a big upset as well, so... He writes, if the trend continues, it'll mean we either upset number three, Ohio State, number four, Michigan, or number 10, Penn State. Maybe I'm an overly optimistic guy with this question, but out of those teams, who are we most likely to upset? That's right. That's right. We we just watched our Spartans get bludgeoned by the Terrapins, absolutely steamrolled by the Gophers. But dang it. Let's talk about which of those top 10 teams Michigan State can beat this year. Uh, and we're going to start off with a team they 100% will not beat. Um, this is actually a question that uh, Rachel uh, posed to us on Twitter. She said, on a scale of dumpster fire to screaming fiery inferno of pain, how bad is the MSU game going to be this weekend? Uh, it's probably even higher than both of those. So no, I'm not even going to entertain the thought of, of an MSU win right now, as I record on Tuesday night. Now, Believe me, I'm a sick person. I'm not a mentally well individual. So by Thursday morning, I will have convinced myself that Michigan State does have a shot this weekend. Just not this early this week, at least. So no, Ohio State, not going to make it. Uh, Penn State, look, I I know we all have our thoughts on Sean Clifford. Uh, I'm one of those people as well, but... This is, this is a, a pretty damn good Penn State team. Uh, that secondary is nasty. They're just looking pretty strong top to bottom. And it's on the road. Last game of the season for them. They could be in a similar situation like Michigan State was last year. Where, yeah, they're going to play with a sense of urgency because, look, we could be their 10th win of the season coming up. And that's going to be big for whatever bowl game they get to. So that leads us to Michigan. 
I, I think that's the answer that the most beatable team of those top 10 teams still left on Michigan State schedule is Michigan. Now, I'm going to stop everyone right here before everyone clips this video and just gets some way out of pocket and out of context. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but I at least give it a 10% shot of happening, maybe even a 15% shot, whereas you know Penn State, I give a 5% chance of happening, and the Ohio State game, a negative 50% chance of happening. But look, I, Michigan's strength, uh, what, what's what's their biggest strength? Uh, which they you know got a good share of this year, but I would say it's their run game. Okay, well, if Michigan State has anything going for them, it's that the defense can stop the run. So maybe there's something to that individual matchup right there. Uh, look, J.J. McCarthy can get squirrely with the ball sometimes. Saw that in East Lansing last year. Thank you very much. Uh, so I, maybe something weird happens. I don't know. If there's one quarterback that can throw an interception to a Michigan State team, it might be him. It's probably not, but it might be. Uh, so, yeah, that's maybe just how I'm barely talking myself into it right now. X's and O's wise, but also, like, Michigan hasn't been tested yet. Um, really hasn't played anyone worth writing home about. So we don't really know how good they are. I think they are a good team, but, like, unbeatable? I don't know. We'll see. And then, of course, the old adage, every time these guys play, Spartans and Wolverines, I, more times than not, it, it is a close game, no matter how lousy the season's going. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. It, it was 2019 or whatever it was. That was a bloodbath. But detached from that, yeah, look, it's, it's a classic rivalry. It's always a close game. So, you know, the ball bounces one way, the wrong way, or the right way. Yeah, so I, that's why I'm saying Michigan. Again, do I think it's going to happen? I would be a, a complete clown to just outright say that right now after losing another double-digit game, uh, this one to Maryland. So, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, with that said, though, hey, Riley uh, funnels us into this question greatly coming off of that awesome one from Zach, so thank you very much. If you could pick one NFL player that graduated from your school to come back for a rivalry game, are you calling or texting K-9? Also curious who uh, U of M would choose, Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, Brady. I'm sure U of M would just go with Joe Milton. Um, I, that worked out well for them last time. And am I calling or texting Kenneth Walker? I don't know if any feds listen to the show or anyone in the FBI uh, or law enforcement, but if they are, please turn this off right now because I'm going to kidnap Kenneth Walker. I'm going to put a burlap sack over his head, and I'm going to drive him to East Lansing for the game. Calling or texting is not going to be enough. That is 100 Thousand million percent the correct answer here. I know that hey, a lot of these questions is opinion-based questions. This is not one of them. The guy just won the game by himself last year pretty much with five touchdowns and nearly 200 yards. So uh, we're going to be going with Kenneth Walker here. Now, look, there are other options that are good plan B. You know, like, hey, I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy. Maybe this is a team that could use some strong captaincy, some strong leadership. So that could be a good one. Uh, you'd never turn down an offensive lineman. So, it, yeah, why... Yeah, no, it is 100% Kenneth Walker, though, so that's uh, the correct answer here right now. And you know what? We're, well, we've, we started this segment very optimistic, and now we're kind of working our way down the ladder here. Um, Brennan writes in a very important question. Uh, if MSU misses a bowl, how would that affect the bigger picture outlook of the program? Now that is a fantastic question because, unfortunately, I, I just don't, I, I don't see a bowl game happening this year. Uh, look, it would be one thing if you just barely lost to Minnesota, if you kept it close at Maryland, but no, like these these games aren't aren't even close. So I can't call the Illinois game an automatic win. You know, I'd, I'm probably leaning loss right now. Actually, yeah, Indiana, uh, they're a lousy team, but 
what's the team morale going to be like by the time that the Hoosiers roll into East Lansing? Look, Rutgers has a good defense. That game is going to be the first one to score 13 points sort of thing. And then, yeah, Wisconsin's really lousy, but I don't know. Do they get reinvigorated after firing Paul Christ over the weekend? Maybe. I don't know. So that's the four wins that you absolutely positively need to get to bowl eligibility. Now let's go back to the question. What does it mean long-term for the program? I'm not going to break any news here. Like, no one's going to fall out of their chair when they hear me say that. It's not good. It's 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 not ideal. It's not what you want from a football program, uh, especially one that just paid a head coach $95 million. But I think with that said, it's almost in the same ilk as Mel Tucker's giant contract, that it, it's very easy to pick and prod and laugh at should Michigan State, you know, miss a bowl game. Like, oh, Sparty didn't make a bowl game. And they're very well in their right to uh, clown Uh, Michigan State about that because, um, look, I I don't know if we were all expecting another 11-win season, but you weren't expecting it to be this bad. Regardless, I I think what is more important than any bowl game, though, and look, hey, the the, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl on December 30th, you you might have that circled in your calendar. The the Quick Lane Bowl on December 26th, you, you might have circled on your calendar. What I have circled on my calendar is December 21st. Because that is early signing day for college football. And I know I sound like a broken record, uh, and I'm just saying this over and over again after every single loss, but the lifeblood of college sports, and especially this rebuild at Michigan State that's, well, very clearly still being uh, (laughs) progressed upon, um, you need this recruiting class to hit. You need this recruiting class to hit. And right now, the recruiting class is looking okay, right? I think they're just outside the top 20. You have 14 commits right now. Ten of them are four stars. If you can keep this class intact, okay, you're feeling okay about the the future of this program long term. Because I'm watching the same games you guys are. A lot of the issues just comes down to talent, pretty much, right? I mean, look, hey, I know the coaching staff isn't perfect. I know the scheme is maybe not ideal, especially to the personnel that this team has. But getting that personnel is done through recruiting. You can only throw so many makeshift bandages on positions that need that need talent with the transfer portal. But again, those are just bandages. Yeah, you 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 won the million dollar jackpot with Kenneth Walker last year, but in reality, that's not what the transfer portal is. Um, so, yeah, you need to have it done with recruiting. So, look, I, I hate to be that guy that, oh, yeah, you only care about recruiting. Uh, yeah, right now, that's all I can care about. <laughs> that's the only way Michigan State gets back here. So, yeah, um, we're about to see how good of a recruiter Mel Tucker is, though. If you can keep this class intact, a, a class with more than 10 four-star players, if you can recruit a class like that off of no bowl game, Okay, you're actually probably worth the $95 million then because you're an incredible salesman right there. So, And that's what we need Mel Tucker to be right now. All right, gang. One segment down. We got two more to go. But first, hey, we got to hear from a new friend of the program. That's right. We're talking with Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Lockdown College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting plays from the Spartans' weekend game or throughout the history of our alma mater. Uh, This weekend's thrilling moment from the team is I've never seen a 33-yard field goal miss that bad in my entire life. So I got to say my jaw dropped when I saw how bad that sprayed wide in a very pivotal moment of the first half of the game. So I'm going to anoint that as my thrilling moment of the week. Um, Or if I could, uh, you know, just not be a a clown during this. Uh, Hey, Michigan State's Rose Bowl. 
eight years ago was a lot of fun. That was thrilling. Remember that one? They were down early against Stanford, and then they came back and won. It was a beautiful day. So let's remember those good days, and also remember Nissan when you go out to find your next vehicle. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles, all of them looking absolutely sharp. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. And before we get back into our mailbag, hey, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. And if you wrote in a question, hey, thank you guys a ton, uh, really helping me over here. I didn't want to do another doom and gloom football episode for the 90th time in a row, seemingly. Um, But it's nice to mix in some, you know, happy questions. Or, hey, let's get some basketball questions in the mix. Like Zeke the Wonder Dog fan page says, any advice for Michigan State madness? That's right. It's already that time of year again. This Friday at Breslin Center. Midnight Madness. It's both the women's teams, the men's teams. Uh, I've I've been a few times, so like my first piece of advice is if you have nothing going on, you're in the area, go. Um, it's it's a real fun uh, time there, and it's great too because it's truly for all ages. Like it's an awesome family event, but also like if you're just hey, if you're like me, a washed up thirty year old guy, and you just love Michigan State and college basketball, go to it. It's cool. It's it's worth the hype. Um, and any advice too, if you, if you're like me and, and you're a nerdy uh, sports memorabilia collector, like behind me right now is uh, a flag with all the players that played at Michigan State from 2010 to 2014, the years I went to Michigan State. So hey, if if you're a person that loves memorabilia, this is an awesome time to get some autographs and you know say what's up to the players, giving your support before the year starts. So yeah, uh, bring bring a flag, bring a ball, bring a program, bring bring something cool that can hang on the wall right there. And Zeke, the Wonder Dog fan page, also asks, would Zeke be a better running back, wide receiver, or defensive back? I'm going to go with defensive back because I'm I'm sick of watching humans try to play defensive back for Michigan State. So let's give a dog a try coming up this weekend. Uh, can't hurt. So there we have it. Uh, wow. Okay, we took about two full minutes before we got back into football doom and gloom. Sorry about that. We'll try to get back on the right side of things here. Oh, no, we actually won't because I'm looking at my notes now. And Alex writes in, uh, is there a greater blessing than having a wedding to attend this Saturday so I can avoid the pain and suffering? Alex, there absolutely is not a greater blessing than that right there. Um, yeah, look, and if I was a, a person that respected my mental health, uh, I, I'd probably be skipping the game uh, altogether. But I'm a crazy person, and I'm going to the game, so can't wait for that. Um, God, maybe... Maybe I'll just try to get invited to a wedding last minute here because <laughs> this game's going to be something else. Um, all right, so Jackson writes in. If we can get back to actual straight talk here. Jackson writes in, Mark D'Antonio teams always had a clear identity. Strong defense, ball possession on offense. What do you think the identity will be for Mel Tucker teams going forward? And I think that this is a very like underlying storyline here. In the midst of all the chaos this season and just how fast the Titanic is sinking <laughs> on this season is... There really is no identity anymore either. Like, at least you could count on strong run defense here for the greater part of a decade, if not maybe a little more, at Michigan State. But now it's... The identity is that there's no identity right now. But moving forward, I think it's going to be speed. I think it's going to be a lot of speed because, I, look, this is who Mel Tucker is going for in recruiting, is that Southern talent, the SEC talent, if you will. And it makes sense because that's what he got at Georgia and Bama, and that's what he won with down there. And, yeah, speed plays. So, you know, that's, it's, it's one thing to have that vision and another to execute it. But, yeah, I think moving forward it's going to be 
high flying, you know, 11 hats to the ball, all that cliche on defense, but with guys that can do it like gazelles. And I think it's going to be the same on offense as well. Like, you look at all the weapons that they go and get in recruiting. You know, hey, Keon Coleman, Jeremy Bernard, you know, guys that are speed demons, physically built. So, yeah, God, that identity has to get hatched, though, because, look, as you're sitting at two wins on the year, two and three, you're also sitting there wondering, like, what 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 are we actually? Like, what are we even trying to be out there? <laughs> Come to think about it, because it's just not hitting, but... Look, not not a lot is is hitting right now, as as we all know. I'm not breaking you guys any news right now. Um, Rompus writes a really good question as well, and these are all questions. I, I, I say these are good questions before every single question because you guys just write really good questions. But this is a great one. Why is Eli Collins just now getting snaps? I feel like the skill has been there with Collins, but the new transfers overshadow him two years in a row. Um, obviously, look, uh, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, enough said. Um, but yeah, this time. Uh, why was Eli Collins so low in the totem pole here? I think it's because he's not as explosive, so to speak. Like, uh, Berger packs a more powerful punch. You know, uh, Jared Broussard is shiftier. He's quicker. But also, if we found out in the first five games of the season, okay, um, we're also not really finding the holes right there. Uh, we're getting a little too ahead of our skis as well. And look, the offensive line has to wear some of this too. Like they're not opening holes, you know, like the uh like like Moses here every single snap, but it's like the times that they do it, it is the hole getting hit. So now that's why we're seeing Eli Collins start to work his way up and I still think that him getting just five touches last week was uh, like outrageous, out of control. Hey, your first two touches look really good, Eli Collins. You put people on ice skates. Um, you shook the elastic out of one guy's socks, and uh, you know what? We'll just give you three more touches the rest of the afternoon here in Maryland. Great idea. No, so I think what we did see, though, is that he is moving his way up the totem pole. Uh, I think it's going to be Jalen Berger, number one, and now Eli Collins, number two, because the, the, the Jarek Broussard thing is just not working um, at all. Uh, so, yeah, and that goes back to the Washington game. Hasn't gotten better from that. So, and Eli Collins looks good. So, yes, he, he's not the fastest of the bunch. He's not the most, po- most powerful of the bunch, but he has the vision. He is a little shifty, and right now it's the best you've got. So, uh, I hope that is recognized moving forward here that Eli should be getting a lot more carries. It's more than five, especially when his first two look so good like they did on Saturday. God, that drove me up a wall. Uh, yeah, as, as I'm recording at 10 p.m. on Tuesday, and I'm still visibly irritated about it. Uh, and that's fine. It's fine. Every, everything's fine. Um, Jer Bear writes in, which, hey, Jer Bear, that's who we recorded with yesterday for the all-hockey episode of Lockdown Spartans. Go check that out. Uh, outside of the offensive line and secondary, which position group do you think needs the most help through recruiting, the portal, development? I'm going to give you the worst answer I have, Jeremy. And um, besides the offensive line, besides the secondary, like he wrote, Take your pick. Honest honest to God, take your pick. Um, we are learning how important the linebacker position is at Michigan State and just how much we are missing Darius Snow because, look, a lot of the, the coverage breakups that Michigan State keeps having comes to the linebacker position. And, you know, Darius was a great cover guy, and now we just don't have one of those. So that's a great option right there. Okay, well, what about the defensive line? That's, that's another great option right there because whew, quarterbacks just chill. 
against Michigan State, man. That, the most comfortable place to be on a Saturday afternoon is behind your offensive line when you're playing the Michigan State Spartans. And uh, that, that cannot happen going forward as we move, um, hopefully, into a boastful future with Mel Tucker, Brandon Jordan, Marco Coleman here. Um, I'm going to give these guys, you know, the benefit of the doubt. It's their first year. You know, let's. I'm going to give them time before I start saying fire these guys. But, yeah, that, that, that's been... An underwhelming unit so far. That's also been hit by injuries. Look, I'm not stupid. I, I know that this isn't necessarily their A team. They're trying out every single Saturday, but oh boy, it's like a negative pass rush out there sometimes, man. It's it's not good. So yeah, it, it pick pick your poison between the front six or the front seven, however you want to categorize it. Right there, it's got to be one of those units right there if we're not talking offensive line or the secondary. Also, I'd love to see a quarterback throw a ball competently eventually. That'd be great as well. I promise I'm not this miserable um, throughout daily life, but man, God, this is, I get to talk about Michigan State football and I just start to spiral. Um, yeah, but you know what I also get to do? I get to win some money because betonline.net is my number one source for all my betting needs. And anytime there's a stake in it's uh, hey, what, let's, let's throw a few shekels on the other team because look, if I got to watch this, I at least want to profit from it. So here we are. We're talking bet online folks. Like I said, the best there is out there your number one source for all your football betting info this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including mlb mma boxing golf is at betonline.net Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action that is at Bet Online, where the game starts. And also, hey, let's talk farmland, baby, because uh, Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group are the specialists that you need in your life. They take care of you because they are the cream of the crop. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. And Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group are your local farmland specialist with decades of experience in corn belt agriculture. No one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange. Expanding your operation, selling a row crop farm, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right and great service is also just the beginning. Acre Pro provides unparalleled land data, including soil ratings, elevation, flood zones, and land, valua- land valuation across parcels so that you can get the full picture up front and be confident in the entire land market. Your agent will cater to each of your individual needs and help you navigate the complexities of buying and selling land so that the process is made simple. Experience the ease of Acre Pro by working with farmland specialists like Kyle Rule, Brady Hammond, Neil Hur, and Kyle Spray. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765 765- and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. And let's dive right back into our mailbag here. Um, We're going to start off with a fun one. All right, we're going to start this segment off on on high vibes. We're going to try to take this uh, episode home on a high note. Never lost a tailgate, writes in. Matt, with Max leaving for the NBA, there's a large hole in the roster. Who would you name your dog after? On this basketball roster, we're getting down to brass tacks now. We're getting down to the important issues. What would you name your dog if you had to name it after a player on Michigan State's basketball roster? I love the name Pierre for a dog. I don't know why. That sounds very funny to me. Um, but also, now the breed has to be a schnauzer because Hauser the schnauzer uh, rolls up. <coughs> excuse me, rolls off the tongue. It has to be Hauser the schnauzer. So, yeah, I think it's 100% that. 
Hauser the Schauser, or uh, if you don't have a Schnauzer, Pierre works. Or you know what would be funny, actually? If you had like a Great Dane, but you still named it Hauser the Schnauzer. I'm starting to get tongue-tied over here. But yeah, that's my answer right there. I really do appreciate that question. That's uh, another great, great one. No doubt about it. Um, Neon writes in, have Michigan fans ruined Tuck coming since they say it twice as much as MSU fans do now? Um, no, I don't think so. Because once MSU starts winning again and like you know starts to progress, and hopefully that happens soon in the Mel Tucker era, the, the Tuck coming gets you know revived like a, like a phoenix through the ashes of the flames, right? Like you could just take that back from them. And hey, look, if I was a Michigan fan, I'd be doing the same thing. You know, I. Whenever Michigan State uh, beats Jim Harbaugh, which has happened a, a fair share of times, you don't think I'm beating who's got it better than us into the ground? Um, God, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a great battle cry to steal from them. So no, uh, Tuck coming in is is gonna stay. It, we just have to you know let let those people have it for now because hey, everyone's got to get their jokes off. Um, what I could do without though, you know, uh, no, this doesn't even answer your question. I'm just gonna go off on a tangent right now. You know what I could really go without the rest of the year is after getting just burnt to smithereens on a route or having an egregious penalty and just doing the keep chopping thing. Like every single time I watch the Spartans on the television on Saturday and I see someone doing the keep chopping, that means they just did something really ridiculous the play before that. So no, like that 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 battle cry can can leave. Um, it was a lot of fun last year. I, it's a great motto to live by, but man, when it's associated with every back-breaking play that you have every Saturday, like, go. I, I don't want to see it anymore. I, I don't want to see it anymore. So, like, no, the next time, like, let's say Marvin Harrison Jr. burns someone down the sidelines by 20 yards, I, I don't want to see the secondary turn around doing the keep chopping thing. How about, how about you just cover a guy instead? Let's, let, what, let's ch- you should have chopped... <sighs> 10 seconds before that anyway. So, nope, 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 nope. We're, we're going to stay in a good mood here to uh, end this show. <sighs> going to try my best at least. We're going to try my best at least. Uh, the K-Man says, Do you have any good cocktail recipes you can share? Beers and hard seltzer just aren't cutting it for me uh, for these games anymore. Uh, I like unlighted gasoline, actually, on uh, on Saturdays. That that usually hits the pipes pretty well. Um, but no, honestly, hey, if, if you want a, a decent one, I mean, hey, the, the tried and true uh, Fireball and Cider, that, that season's in full swing. But also, too, uh, I'll give you two right now. One is, is a hot one. It's, it's just the hot toddy. You know, you get tea, you, you squeeze like a whole lemon in there, you get a, a, a crap ton of honey, and then either like Fireball or bourbon or something like that, just splash it in there. That's a great like fall weather winter drink. Um, or number two, if you're tailgating, because you can't just like heat up a pot of tea at a tailgate as easy as you could do this one. Bring a bottle of orange juice, bottle of champagne, six pack of Blue Moon, uh, mix them all together equally. Uh, I think a place Top Golf served this. They called it the Man Mosa. This was years ago. I don't even think it's on their menu anymore. But a Man Mosa sets up the rest of your day delightfully. So, yeah, so, like, Blue Moon. I'm sure if you had Oberon, too, like, you could do it with that. Uh, champagne, orange juice, especially if, you know, it's before noon and you're just getting started very early. That is a incredible tone setter uh, for, yeah, the upcoming season. So, uh, Tyrone writes in, God, three questions that are making me look in the mirror, to be honest. Uh, Tyrone writes in, number one, why will I sit through every minute of the game? Uh, and he writes in parentheses, no self-respect. 
That's that's my answer as well. Uh, maybe I, I don't know. I'm probably just a masochist and I don't even know it at this point. Uh, also, number two, why will I go to the Illinois game? No self-respect and already paid for everything. You know what? That's a very special trip, though. Anytime you go on a road trip, that, that's an awesome moment. Uh, hey, like I, I was very fortunate to go to the Arizona State game a few years ago. And even though things went horrible in the desert... Still an awesome time. There's nothing like the camaraderie with your own fans on enemy soil. So, like, hey, and at the end of the day, too, we do only get 12 of these days a year. So, yes, that, that's that's the real answer is that we, we got to cherish these things. And I guarantee you by the time the final uh, whistle blows or, or the clock hits zero against Penn State to end the season or maybe if they go to a bowl game, we will be – very sad and clamoring for more because uh, we, we, we just care a little too much about this team, don't we? But yeah, hey, only 12 these days a year. Let's let's make the most of them. And um, the third question Tyrone writes in, why? Why, Matt? Just why? Isn't that what we're all trying to figure out, Tyrone? Isn't that what we're all just trying to figure out in this life as, uh, as college sports fans? Um, no, hey, look, it'll be, it'll be fine going forward. Um, Wisconsin is coming here in two weeks. They're not good. So, yeah. Well, um, you know what? I would almost send every third stringer out to play this weekend, to be honest. <laughs> I think, I think I'd think i be combing frat row at state and asking anyone who wants to play this weekend just to keep everyone healthy for the Wisconsin game. Like, don't don't burn up any bodies for, for this weekend's game. Um, I would just, no, cut your losses. Make sure everyone's as healthy as they possibly can be for the Wisconsin game. Get yourself into the bye week healthy. Um, hell, I'll play. I'll play, actually. And you know what? No, I did skip over this question. Someone did write in this question. If Mel, This is from JD. If Mel approached you and told you that you had to suit up for the game this Saturday, what position would you choose? Kicker slash punter is not an option. Okay, so my mind immediately went to running back so I could get leveled immediately and uh, have to leave the game. Like, let's just cut to the chase. Like, get me out of there. Uh, so that, that's that's probably one way to look at that question. Or the other one, um, give me edge rusher. You know, the, these offensive linemen are, are used to blocking guys that are 6'4", you know, 240, just, just built like machines. Um, so a squirrely, like, 5'9", uh, guy with like no speed, no bend, like that would that would be something different for them. So maybe I get her lucky early in the game. This is probably flawed logic, but yeah, uh, g- give me defensive end. Sure, yeah, just yeah. Everyone zigs and throws out these these Adonis uh, creatures out there to play defensive end. We will zag and we will throw whatever the opposite of that is in in me. So uh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Put me on the edge, coach. Only if I, I could be number zero too. I have to be number zero as well. So there you have it, guys. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, if, if you're if you're a better fan, a better person than I am, and you have faith for this weekend's game, hey, tomorrow's a preview episode with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes will be one you do not want to miss. Uh, Jay's great. Spoken to him a few times before, and yeah, he. Uh, he always delivers. He's he's great for what he does over at Locked On Buckeyes. So keep it tuned there. And then of course, hey Friday, final thoughts before the game coming up. So and uh, five best bets to end the week. But until then, hey, stay awesome. Love you all. Go green.